Welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. Uh, this week, we have a super fun episode, uh, one that I've been really excited to share with you guys, um, and an episode I've been looking forward to for months now. Um, I'm going to sit down and talk again with Brittany Charbonneau. Um, Brittany came on last year after she ran the Olympic trials, um, and since that that conversation, she has become a complete badass trail runner at this point. Um, she won the Pikes Peak Marathon. She set FKTs on a whole bunch of really interesting Colorado routes uh, like Mount Beardstad and the Four Pass Loop uh, near Aspen. And she's just an incredible athlete. But more importantly for this conversation, she's just a fun-loving, joyful human being. Um, and then we're also talking with Rob Steger. Uh, Rob... Uh, has been on the podcast before he ran the triple crown of 200s he has an amazing there's an amazing show about that on amazon so please check that out he's also the host of the training for ultra podcast um, and then recently he's just become this adventure trail running filmmaker um, which is really cool really interesting um, they're both on today's show because rob made a short film called the funny runner uh, and it's about Brittany. Brittany's his, the subject of the film. Uh, I've seen it. It is really, really good. It's really well done. Um, it will inspire you just to make the most of whatever you enjoy doing. If you're a runner, it's going gonna, it's gonna to really inspire you to find the joy, find the love of running. Because at the end of the day, that's why we all do it, right? Like, Ever since doing this conversation, and it's kind of like paralleled me uh, coming back from a calf injury, so I'm finally able to run again. And after watching Rob's film and talking to him and Brittany, um, I've just tried to kind of embrace that joyful spirit uh, in all of my runs. And I'm going to be honest, it makes it a heck of a lot more fun, right? As long as, you know, you can train for stuff, you can have all these big goals in mind, but keep in mind like this is an activity that makes you feel good and it should make you feel good and the film the funny runner is going to show you all of these ways that a professional athlete you know who there's all these you know uh ideas about how a professional athlete should be training they should be super serious and like looking at their pace and like doing all this stuff right um and for Brittany, it kind of like took the joy out of it and so it's about her rediscovering this joy um and honestly i believe that when she stepped outside trying to fit into someone else's box and seek and seeked out her own truth she's actually would probably tell you she's been a better runner she's become a better runner because of it because now it's fun again um so yeah, I'm super inspired by her. She's unbelievable. Uh, I'm also really inspired by Rob. I think he has taken, you know, he's obviously really passionate about storytelling. Um, and now he's taking on this new format. And there's a lot of parallels between his journey as a uh, adventure filmmaker and Brittany's journey uh, as a trail runner. And I'm really excited to explore that in this conversation. So uh let's talk about this real quick if you guys want to watch the film i highly 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 recommend it i'm a huge fan i take in all sorts of adventure films um and when i tell you that this one's 
legitimately great uh, with the storytelling, the story that Rob's telling here, uh, the story of Brittany. Um, it'll inspire you. It'll motivate you. Um, I would highly suggest checking it out. Um, it's called The Funny Runner. Um, you can actually find it uh, on Rob's Patreon if you look up Training for Ultra. Uh, you can get an early sneak peek on April 10th if you are supporting Rob in that way. Um, and you'll also be able to find it on Rob's YouTube, Training for Ultra, uh, on April 16th. So, And I'll be sharing it on all of our stuff. Uh, super excited for you guys to see this film. Let's get right into it. This is the Like a Bigfoot podcast with Brittany Charbonneau and Rob Steger. All right, ladies and gents, today I am super honored uh, and very excited to have you guys back on the podcast. Um, both of these guests are two of my favorite people that I've talked to uh, over the last year and over the last few years. Um, I have Brittany Charbonneau back on. I believe I said that correctly. We yeah, talked about it. that last time. <laughs> uh, and then I have Rob Steger back on. Um, Rob made this incredible film. He's ultra runner, podcaster, but now becoming a filmmaker, which is so really cool to me and really interesting. Uh, and he made this awesome film called The Funny Runner about Britney. So we're going to talk all about The Funny Runner today and I'm psyched. Welcome guys. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. It's so good to be back. Yeah. Well, it was funny, Brittany. Like we talked like right before, like right as all the craziness was happening. So I want to hear a little bit about your year. Um, obviously I kind of followed your story, uh, in becoming a trail runner and then just kicking legit ass as a trail runner um, <laughs> through the summer. And I was just like, my mind was blown. So yeah. How has your year been going since we last yeah. talked? My mind has been blown too. Um, it's been really great. Um, and I'm, I feel like I'm lucky to say that because of the year that happened, um, like COVID hit. And I think everyone just myself included thought like what's going to happen. And then I thought, I thought I had a different trajectory because right when COVID hit was right after the Olympic trials and I smashed it. And so I was anticipating like continuing my road. I knew I was going to do some trail running in the summer, but certainly not to the degree that I did, but because everything was shut down, it was like, well, I got to figure something else out to keep pushing myself. And so, yeah, jumped hard on the trails and absolutely fell in love with it and was so out of my comfort zone. Um, but in such a cool way. And I think that that's where so much happened. So, um, set some FKTs, um, won some trail races, ran my longest distances ever, um, and ran the most amount of, um, marathons I've ever run ever in a year. Um, and I think because I could do it on trail, my body held up. So, um, yeah, it was an epic year and then ended up closing out the year. Um, we, Rob and I started working on this film, gosh, in probably the summer, late summer. So working on that and then close out the year, um, was the North Face sponsorship. So just got really, really lucky with the year that it turned out to be. That's so cool. Well, and I think this speaks to, to both of you guys. So, um, I just think we had this weird year. And there was all sorts of weird opportunities that opened up. Um, and you guys are, I really respect you and admire you guys because both of you use this time 
and you like utilize those opportunities because opportunities are opened up to everybody, but whether or not you actually like jumped in and like use that time was a personal choice. Right. So Rob, tell me about your year a little bit. I mean, I don't even really remember uh, half of it. Um, you, you as a teacher, Chris, understand, but uh, with two, yeah, two and a half year old and a, a six year old, it's been nuts, but uh, you can probably hear them in the background right now. Oh, that's but, awesome. Um, children, I welcome mean, on the podcast. Children and dogs, always welcome. <laughs> um, I started off the year in really peak shape for me for middle of the pack like I couldn't ask for any better running you know out of a a full-time full-time working parent you know uh went out to Black Canyon 100k and this is 2020 and just totally blew up like hammered 20 miles and then just suffered for the rest of the 100k um respect for finishing though (laughs) got it done um but that's right when covid hit and i really tried to focus because the triple crown efforts took so much time away from you know being a parent being a husband being more of a family guy i really really emphasized that and wanted to focus in on that so um that's been the main focus and then you know covid's been such a weird environment i've tried to be hyper cognizant of of not getting people sick i mean god forbid i don't want to kill someone yeah so part of the film concept working with britney first of all is local and that was very convenient instead of having to get on an airplane and then also i could just work with two people so um you know i'm not risking going to a race you know and this is august september when things are still pretty rough and shut down in some places of the world. And yeah, I, I thought it was kind of a, a smart way to go about it. But then once I learned more about Britney's story, it just was, it just started rolling. So yeah, Dude, I, that's... I took notice uh, after her Pikes Peak marathon. That was insane. <laughs> um, like I had seen her, speaking of blowing up races, New York City marathon. I saw her on TV and I just kind of thought to myself like, yeah, I'll, I'll probably run with her or chat with her at some point just because she's a local runner and had no idea that it would turn into a full-blown, you know, doc short film. So. Slash trail running legend right now. Uh, I have to say, Brittany, did you, so did you run the Marine Corps, this Marine Corps Marathon Cup? Did you run it the year where it just dumped rain? Yeah, I won it that year. Um, I I ran it with you. You beat me you by did? like two and a half hours, probably. Yeah, oh, I think I, that was the roughest day ever. Can I just say this? I have never chafed so bad. Then after <laughs> that race, there was a mile and a half walk back to my friend's car, and dude, it oh. was not good. <laughs> yeah, that was um that was a rough day to say the least. Um, yeah. yeah, I was trying to set the course record that day. Um, <laughs> And I, and I was like, rain is not going to stop me. It's going to be fine. But totally got in my head. Yeah. Blew up. Um, it was miserable and was so disappointed because I didn't get the course record. And I was like, not happy with the win um, of Marine Corps Marathon. So um, yeah, <laughs> this thing's in perspective. 
you almost like swam parts of it it was like a triathlon kind of or a yeah on that um blue mile that i don't know maybe that was six mile six or ten or something like that the water was up to my knees that's how high it was it was insane um and then i but the look and talking about that i'm like why was i so upset that i didn't get the course record that was like we were running in a hurricane (laughs) well i even having researched it for the film like after the fact it was in the newspapers they were like disappointed that you didn't get the course record and they really didn't mention the conditions at all and i was just like (laughs) come on guys like cut her break she won like (laughs) it's relative to every other runner there you know course records don't just happen you know every time yeah it's bizarre i had the course record for chafing so (laughs) i'm claiming it i hope you an award I did cry. Well, it was weird. So I finished and we're sitting there and we're like hanging out and it's, you know, there's food and stuff. And then I get a text that's like, your plane has been canceled. You have to schedule an earlier flight. I'm like, oh my God. So I turned to my buddy, Phil. I'm like, can you take me to the airport like right now? So then I got to the airport and then this is a way too long of a story. And then I landed in Denver and my car was parked like two miles away, like all the way in the back of the airport. And it was snowing. And I'm like, well, this is fun. Oh, what a day. <laughs> dang. So you get an award, Chris. Thank you. Yeah, most chafing. Um, I want to say this. This is what I, this is why, Rob, I really connect with, with your films and your story and all this stuff. You, you kind of have set this intent to show people the joy of running. Um, I think at times like people get so caught up in, you know, their times or their pace or, you know, all that stuff or competing. Like I like competing too. Don't get me wrong, but you can get so caught up in that, that you forget about like why you love this thing. And when I talked to you a few months ago, you said like, this is why I made this film is because I want to show people like the joy of running and show people who are joyful in their running. And that is what comes across. So. Yeah. Can you guys talk about that a little bit? I appreciate that. I mean, my big thing from the time I started social media has just been enjoy your training. You can change for the better. Um, Just having gone through that experience, I I feel almost obligated in a sense to pay it forward and help other people. And I really, the amount of feedback I get still daily from uh, changing people's lives is incredibly worth all that effort um and yeah once once Brittany and I started chatting I think we I think I had Brittany on my podcast and then I was like oh like like everything she said is how I think about running for the most part obviously a little quicker but um like immediately I knew that our views of of running were very similar and there was just such a good story to be told. And I I felt like uh, no one had done it justice. So I wanted to do the best I could and try to share that story. Yeah. And I like Brittany Q, I don't want to like ruin the film. I want everyone to watch the film. So no spoiler alerts, but um, the arc of it though, I would say is someone who became really competitive, kind of fell into other people's expectations of what a professional competitive runner looked like, and then realized that wasn't the path she wanted to take. So Brittany, can you talk a little bit about that kind of aspect? Yeah, for sure. So um, 
Yeah, I started, so I've been running since I was 13, you know, very recreationally and socially setting some goals for myself and chasing those like incrementally. So it's not like I was a collegiate runner that was developing in this competitive world. I didn't really have that background. So when I decided to just make this leap, you know, three and a half years ago, when I quit my job, I only had already established runners to look to in terms of professionals. And so I just, I just took my interpretation of what I thought they were looking like, training, like acting like, and all amazing, not to, not to say any of those were bad. It's just, when I started to emulate that, I started to lose my joy because I got so competitive on myself. It was really nobody else's expectations except my own, but I'd set that bar so high because we're in such an amazing time right now for female distance running in the U S especially we're just really crushing it across the board. So there's a lot of women to look to and already really well-established career. So I'm jumping in fresh on a brand new career and I'm trying to be at that level immediately as well. And so I went down that path and tried to do all the things that I thought I was seeing, but then realizing very quickly that I'm not having fun with it because it's not mine and I'm not doing it my way. And I have no idea how long I'll get to be a professional runner. But when it came down to it, I was like, well, I want to do it my way. If this is, if this is what I'm going to be doing, if I get this opportunity for X amount of years, I don't want to look back and be like, man, I wish I would have had more fun or I wish I would have, um, like taking it less seriously or things like, I don't want to look back and think that there is the seriousness of it. And especially as I keep progressing and different and leveling up and being in different levels of running. Sure. But I think still like, I just want to for myself, just enjoy the absolute crap out of it, but also show other people too, that they can too, whether whatever level they're on, whether it is the professionals as well. Like if more pros start wearing jorts and, um, start <laughs> like putting themes to their running amazing, or like for my regular running, like I was coaching, I'm coaching a woman, um, this morning I had a call with her and we were talking about how to make her long runs fun. Cause she wasn't excited. Yeah. So I think it's just kind of all those pieces, um, together that, um, I'm just really, I feel like starting to really embrace and own. Yeah. Well, and I, it's so, it's not even like I connect to that as a runner, obviously, and an athlete and things like that. But, and I think Rob can talk about this too. Like the whole, like, I want to look back on this and remember, like, remember that I enjoyed it. Um, that can be applied to anything, you know, like parenting, for example, or starting the podcast and being like, hey, I want to be at the same level as all these other people who have been doing established podcasts for years. And then realizing like, that's probably not going to happen. So I need to like forge my own path here. Um, and I think Rob, you can even talk about that kind of as a filmmaker, because that was the parallel I saw in the movie. I was like, oh, like, you know, Brittany's out there forging her own path. But then Rob is also doing that as an adventure filmmaker and storyteller, which I personally thought was a really cool kind of connection there. Just knowing his story too. I, I mean, I really like that connection and it, yeah, it, the parallels are uncanny in having obsessed on running for the past five years every day. I mean, there's so many parallels just with life in uh, running, but yeah, with filmmaking, podcasting, writing a book, 
just running ultras, uh, I think people have this, and it's mostly internalized fear of failure. What are other people going to think? You know, they set the standards stupid high. And yeah, it's, you got to just get out there and try. I mean, worst case scenario, uh, you're not going to really, really be too embarrassed. Um, but Brittany, it's probably a lot like you yeah. running, like getting ready to run the New York City Marathon, looking around, seeing just hyper elite, top caliber. But you really, and I think this is a lot of why we related and, and why the collaboration in the film works so well, but you don't have a, a real fear of failure from what I can tell. Like, Oh, no, and, that's not true at all. Okay. I, I've, I think maybe I've messed up so many times that I've completely lost the fear of failure. And I know that my film is not going to be as good as an Academy Award winning film, but I can still try and I can still have fun and I can learn from every mistake. It's not a true failure if you're learning from the errors you make and then, you know, continuing to get better. So, so that's, that's totally what I had to learn and like from New York because I thought right out of the gates that if I I was so terrified of failure I, w I thought that if I didn't come out and get top top five top ten and my very first world major as a pro um that it was a failure and so I that's totally what I thought but then you know as time keeps going and looking back on experiences like that it is it puts it in perspective of like who cares it doesn't matter because it's all like it all adds up. It's all part of the journey. It's all part of getting to the whatever level you want to get to. So um, I think I've learned to be a little less fearful, I think, but it's taken moments like that, that because I definitely haven't been fearless with that. Like I'm terrified of looking like a failure or things like that. But as time has gone on, it's like, oh, okay, like what's the worst that's going to happen? And then yeah, exactly. when I thought that that was my worst moment, look what has come out of it. Like a film like this has come out of what I thought was a failure at the time. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. My only other uh, quick comment would be, and no, I cut you off, Chris, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead, man. I'm just, I'm, I'm loving this. I love talking about the cycle of failure. It's the best. It's like the way you learn something new. I always compare it to like when kids start taking their first walk or first steps, it's like, of course their first step, they're going to fall flat on their face, but like kids don't care. Kids aren't like, looks yeah. like I'm never going to walk. Apparently I'm bad at this. And like, then we lose that as, as we get older. And it's such a shame because I think so much can be accomplished just by not having a fear of failure or accepting it and embracing it as what it is, which is part of this whole learning cycle. Well, it's, it's also having realistic expectations in like, what are you benchmarking yourself against? So like you see someone that, has just the most clean, perfect film. Do you think that's their first film they ever made? And if so, what do you think the budget was and resources behind it? So it's like, if you go in with realistic expectations and you're learning as you go, and this applies to everything we talked about, I mean, that's, that's how you continue to make like micro improvements and get better and better and who knows where that takes you uh if you're like Brittany and you 
continue make improvements and you know maybe you find yourself at the olympics in 2024 um so <laughs> but yeah I, th I think it's really really vital to have an appropriate understanding of of benchmarking yourself against something that's realistic and comparable because you just can't go up against a hundred million dollar animated film when your budget is 5,000 bucks or whatever. <laughs> like it's just not realistic. Yeah, dude. Well, and just think about this though. Like if you let go of that fear of failure, um, the first couple weeks or months, like it's probably not gonna make a huge difference in your life either way. Right. But if you don't have a fear of failure for a year or like 10 years, like a decade from now, you're like, Whoa, I lived that decade, not scared of failure and look how much I learned from it. Like, dude, your life is going to be completely different, which is so cool to me, but that's all I got. Yeah. That's my like dad lecture. I'm just preparing it for when my kids are teenagers trying to like polish it. <laughs> I mean, my but last, my last thought really quick is just, we, we, we think of success as the number of views on YouTube or the number of downloads or the number of books sold or whatever your finish time was at that race. And I don't think that's necessarily the best way to go about it. I think it, the way I measure my success personally is when I get an email from someone that's like, Hey, my life was totally changed. I lost 40 pounds. I'm running every day because I read your book or whatever it was. That's how I measure my own success. So uh, it allows me some flexibility and freedom when I'm putting together, you know, a, a film with Brittany. Like, I want to inspire. I want to tell her story as best I can. But if I want to use crazy anamorphic flares and just try something that's like never been really done in in running film, like I have the flexibility to do that because I know where the story is going and it's going to inspire regardless. So we can focus on cookies for a solid 60 seconds. I love and that. That's totally acceptable. Dude, so. the credits, man, <laughs> the opening credits were, I was like, yes, this is so cool. Um, let's talk about the film really quick. First of all, it's, a, it looks amazing. It's a wonderful story. It'll make you smile. It'll make you joyful, which I think is what you're going for. Um, I thought, and tell me if I'm wrong here, but when I was watching it, I think the the theme is so relatable to so many people because it's kind of like a story of someone who tries to stop, like who stops trying to like fit someone else's mold or someone else's expectations and then seeks out to find her own truth and like really like inherit that, which is so cool and so relatable. And it's something people say all the time, but just saying it and hearing it versus seeing it is totally like it has just such a greater effect um Brittany what was it like when Rob's like can I make a film about you real quick like what was that like <laughs> it was awesome um yeah so um we did I was on Rob's podcast gosh oh, I don't remember if it was after like August or something yeah something like that and July. um no offense but I had never heard of him um so here's because I don't know anything about the I really don't know much about the trail running world, the ultra, certainly the ultra world. That's a whole different like sphere um, that I have no idea about. So I was like, sure, I'll be on this and got to chatting. The podcast was great, like really connected. Um, it just felt really easy. And so afterwards he was like, 
we should do a film together. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. And then the next day he was like, hey, I'm really serious about this. Like, let's do it. And I was like, yeah, let's absolutely great. Um, and especially because it was local and, um, but it has really been a fun journey this whole, since we started filming, I think in September was when we first got out to the trails. Um, and it's been really cool. And now is I, cause I guess in my head, so I made my own film on the Maroon Bells four pass loop FKT <laughs> and there was no sound. I had a, I had a knockoff, um, GoPro that turns out didn't have any sound turned on or something. And I had made, I'd like, I movied this film together for myself of that day. And I was like, this is pretty good. And so I was like, yeah, maybe it'll be something like this. And then watching what caliber Rob has brought to this filmmaking has been just really cool and really exciting because I feel like it's bringing to life what I would hope to put out into the world, but don't have the capabilities myself. So it's just fun. And I think um, I got, I lucked out because like I said, we hadn't known each other since before that podcast. And so I'm like, I really hope that my vision can come to life. I hope that my weirdness can come through. I hope that joy for running can come through. And I feel like it was completely encapsulated. And then some, I think that just really like being, having somebody that's open to the ideas, like it was such a collaborative process of, Hey Rob, can we try this? Can I do this? And just kind of yes anding each other. I've got an improv background. And so I think yes anding each other on this will work, this won't work, or let's try it, let's see, um, was really, really special because it is so what I'd hoped to put out into the world, but didn't ever have that that big of a vision for it. And I think Rob had that. So I think it's just been such a cool process. I just am so excited to put out into the world. Oh yeah. I know people should really look forward to seeing it. I, I mean, I have been for like the last couple of months and you know, ever I was emailing Rob, we've probably been messaging back and forth for a few months now. I'm like, dude, whenever you guys get a chance, like I want to talk to you about it, but I want to see it. Like I, I'm a huge nerd on adventure films and endurance films. And I've seen a bunch that are excellent and I've seen some that aren't as good. And I'm telling you guys like yours is excellent. So well done. Thanks. I appreciate it. It lived up to the the hype, your expectations. Were... It did. No, totally, okay. man. And knowing some of Britney's story, like I already knew some of your story uh, and some of the quirky, weird stuff that you do when you run. And I, and, but I'm like, dude, if I didn't know that, this would blow my freaking mind. Like, I don't want to ruin any of it. So I, I wrote down so many notes yesterday. And I'm like, you can't mention any of this because people have to actually go see it. You know, I don't want to like, spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. I mean, I I would just say I totally agree with working with Brittany. We're both like hyper creative, so watch out if we're having to like text message and like Justin's also CC'd on it. Like his phone's gonna be blowing up nonstop. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Justin's once our cre- what's that? Justin's my husband, who also plays a role in this film for sure. Yeah. That's my favorite part. Like it really, (laughs) it, the film captures, it's a very like as realistic depiction as I could do of her life, her experiences. The difficulty was going back when I wasn't at any of these marathons. I, I had to do so much research. I had to reach out to so many 
photographers. I had to dig through all kinds of like iPhone videos. And then in addition to all that, you got to get it all approved and signed off. And I mean, we really lucked out. There's a super great photographer. His name is escaping me right now, but he was at both the New York City Marathon and the Olympic trials. So those, what was it? Kevin Miller. Unbelievable guy. Like super nice. Like I think we're emailing back and forth like Christmas Eve or something. And, you know, he, he makes a living off race photos and there hasn't been races. So he's come on sort of a hard time. So I, I love the, the perfect kind of like he helped, he helped us a ton, gave us all the sign offs with the best photos, but then we could help him and, you know, give him some cash when he's, you know, needing some support. So uh, it was a lot of those type of scenarios that just made this work so well. Um, I, I couldn't be happier. I mean, I've, I've gone through 15 edits of the film. That's what, that's the secret. Nobody knows unless they make, make a film, I think. So I can hardly watch it at this point. Like, <laughs> Like I, I don't have dreams about sent like the same lines over and over again, but uh, it got to the point where like, I know Brittany's speech pattern and like trying to cut thoughts. Like she's an expert at being on stage, but she can make sentences like all kind of combined and keep trains of thought, like slightly different than normal speech patterns, which is great normally. But when you're trying to do a doc and like cut a thought, oh, there was, um, yeah, there was um, it's one rough. time. Well, it was, do you remember, Rob, when you were like telling me this and you were talking about my speech patterns? And I was like, you were like, you do this weird thing where it's, you kind of have an inflection at the end of your sentences. So it continues. And I was like, oh, yeah, I picked that up when I lived in New Zealand. Um, and so, like, little did I know that that was going to be a challenging piece to work on editing was this weird uh kiwi inflection that i rise my rise my sentences at the end and end <laughs> things with a question <laughs> so <laughs> challenge on your way that's amazing uh, oh, i, I, I want it yeah sorry go ahead rob no my my only other uh comment is collaborating with Brittany on music selections made yeah. all the difference i think the music uh, especially during her fkt attempt i don't know if we're sharing that um like that selection was Brittany pushing hard on how perfect it was and then i had a few other people give feedback and i had other selections in place and i was like you know what this like encapsulates her personality too perfectly like i i know there's not going to be dialogue in this section um so like we went for it normally you wouldn't lay that kind of almost rock music with lyrics into a doc because it can speak over the, the dialogue. Um, but I said, I, I thought it encapsulated her so well. I was like, screw it. Like there's no rules to art other than maybe evoking emotion. I think we, we left a nice little twist at the end and for a 20 minute short film, I, I, think we did okay i I don't know we'll see all i all i'm gonna say about the ending is i want to reenact 
what Britney did at the end, but okay. that's that's all. I wrote that down, and I was like, I can't spoiler alert that. That's wild. Um, <laughs> um, I want to just ask like a little bit about your transformation into a trail runner because, like I said, I interviewed you after the Olympic trials, and then like a few months later, it's like Mount Beardstat check mark four pass loop check mark and i'm like whoa she is like destroying this and then it's like now i'm going for the boulder skyline and all of those are like pretty famous trails out here to do like it's not like you know i did the chris ward's backyard trail in <laughs> 10 seconds or something like that you know like the it, these are trails people have heard of all over the state i hadn't I hadn't heard of them. <laughs> Honestly, I, I didn't even know what Maroon Bells was until the summer before when my theme was John Denver and I was racing in Aspen and we were going to Maroon Bells and I was like, I don't know what that is. And my coach was like, what do you mean you don't know what Maroon Bells is? And I was like, I've never heard of it. Were, were then, they like, hey, have you seen the King Supers bags? Because the Maroon Bells are on those. And you're like, oh, oh, really? Yeah. The King Super bags, of course. I didn't know that. Yeah, because I, I mean, me and my friend, uh, it was the hardest 14er I've ever climbed. We did South Maroon. He like got yeah. me way outside my comfort zone. But now when I see the picture of the Maroon Bells, which is like the most photographed area in Colorado, like I look at that mountain and I feel so much pride. I'm like, dude, I can't believe I did that. That was freaking nuts. So anyways, that's why I noticed it was down the King Super Bowl. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I didn't know that. There's a fun fact for the day, a little mm -hmm. bit of Colorado trivia. That's why people come to the show. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was epic. Um, I guess, I don't know. I'm looking back on this past year thinking about trail. I had had a really short trail season in 2019, just kind of dabbling and loved it. But I knew I was just going to be on road. And I didn't, I didn't know that you could do both. I really didn't think that it was a, I could be a road and trail runner. So that's why I didn't really pursue much more. Um, and especially going into trials, I mean, that needed to be very, very specific in terms of being on road. Yeah. But then I did have plans to have a little bit more of a trail season in 2020, regardless if there was a pandemic or not. I knew I wanted to get back out on trail and just kind of keep playing out there and seeing what I could do. I knew I was decent at it from the year before, obviously, and um, loved it. So I just that was my original plan anyway. And then everything shut down and it was just convenient to have that there. So it's, I think I took a lot, I take a lot from the roadside in terms of mentality. Um, a lot of my road strategies apply to trail. It's just on a different, on a different terrain. And I just loved getting to my whole goal after coming off trials was how can I keep challenging myself? How can I keep pushing myself? And that's what I did and didn't realize that I didn't think that it would be on trails or anything like that, but just yeah. kind of just setting this, like, I just want to see what I can do. I just want to see how much I can push myself. I want to get out of my comfort zone. I know that that's where magic happens for me. So it's just kind of, and like letting things evolve. So just like art, letting it just happen and not trying to force the picture is kind of how I started to approach it and how I was getting creative with the running. And so kind of just, I don't know, it just happened, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, how did you feel at 14,000 feet or, you know, the four pass loop, you're obviously going pretty high up in like elevation and stuff like that. 
How did I feel like, like- pushing hard? Cause I'm like, when I'm at 14,000 feet, I'm slowly walking and yeah. feeling terrible. Like She's how did that already feel? already at Leadville too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. Um, I, I mean, for me, I guess when I, I know that there's always a, like, there's always a downhill. So I guess for me, like on all of this, like when I'm thinking about, like I'm specifically thinking about Frigidaire Pass and how challenging that one was really challenging, but I, but I knew I just have to get up it. And then there's a downhill and I love the downhill. I love going really fast downhill. So that's always my reward. So I think I just, I think I just like, if I can get the climb done, then I get my reward of the fast downhill. So, um, I mean, it was hard, like, don't get me wrong. All of these giant mountains looking back on road career, nothing trials was a hilly course and I would love to go back and run that again with all of this trail nonsense under my belt with like these aren't hills how much yeah for sure so um I don't know I just I mean there's nothing like trail really there's nothing like being on top of a mountain and realizing how small you are and seeing yourself in the bigger picture of things there's nothing like it and I don't really know if you can get that perspective on road especially because you're really by yourself to be honest like on trail you have to be with yourself versus any distractions with lots of crowds or pressure with crowds I mean if I if I didn't get the FKT on maroon bells I was kind of like well it doesn't matter because no one's going to see it and no one knows you're even doing it really I mean exactly is that it's not this big hyped up press where that I think was a downfall of Marine Corps was that there was so much press that had gotten built up around me setting the course record that I really let that get in my head. Whereas a lot of these FKTs, it was just like a random Wednesday that I was like, I'm just going to go out and smash this. And if I don't get it, it doesn't matter because no one's really going to know, or people have done this as well and they know how challenging it is. So who cares? So, um, that's kind of been the beauty for me is letting go of some of that pressure yeah. uh, on trail that has been there for road. I love that like intrinsic motivation of trail running because ultimately no one really does care. You know, people, like you just said, people would be like, Oh yeah, I've done four pass loop. That is really hard. No wonder she didn't complete it, even though you did. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, one last, just quick question to Rob, uh, about the filmmaking process. Like, dude, how was trying to film her doing the Boulder skyline traverse? Like I, you're like I, a one man crew, right? I, I don't think people really comprehend that. Um, because we're talking, let's just say 17 miles. Yeah. And when Brittany's running at that speed, I mean, first of all, you only get one take. You can't really go back and recreate things. Um, like the very beginning, uh, of the FKT, I, wish I had a, a second take at doing that, but I got the footage I got. I mean, I think that's part of making documentary films. Like a lot of times you can't go back and recreate it. So I think if you're benchmarked properly, like that makes a lot of sense. But um, that is the one time that I had a buddy grab a GoPro because the speed involved in I mean she we really didn't know how fast she'd go about it but even in a car trying to get in position 
I mean, I, I felt like there was a potential for me to like really drop the ball there. So yeah. the fact that we got anything that was reasonable made me very happy. So yeah. that's, that's where I'll leave it there. I was just, uh, and you got it's Bear totally Peak. Different. Bear Peak is the most scenic, you know, beautiful part of that. You know, I mean, the whole thing is a gorgeous course, but Bear Peak, you're up George. We got Jorts, most importantly. And I was, I wrote which, the Jorts down. I was like, that was actually going to be my intro question. So I'm dropping the ball here. But yeah, man, Jorts. That was it's not even a question. Yeah. <laughs> that was our best uh, film fest win so far, was Top Shorts, because the irony of winning Top Shorts, most inspiring female and film who's crushing fkts in jorts like it's just too perfect so <laughs> i never even thought so about that good and so like so dirty at the same time like those jorts were just gross um but like are you still wearing those so same much. ones you're still wearing them like months later whoa they're my lucky Can we jorts. start <laughs> we need to start a gofundme for I need to I need to call North Face and ask them to um, hook me up with some different North Face jorts. Can you get Mountain North Face? To, yeah, edition. can you get North Face to make jorts now that you're like the president of North Face, right? On it, that's my dream. My dream is to somehow in my career get them to yeah do jorts and like hot pink is another one and like somehow incorporate glitter um into there and then maybe doing like maybe doing shark pants would also be a dream is like shark don't print. know what those are oh shark print shark yeah yeah like like this like my sweatshirt like just a whole bunch of sharks because my trail name that i call myself is mountain shark so Ooh. like that's also a dream so i'll put that out into the universe dude i don't even want to put your real name on here i just want to put mountain shark that's yeah. badass. Pink, pink shark or what color shark um hot pink oh for sure by the way, I tried in the film to use pink, not not only like as much as possible, but like in every shot, if there wasn't pink, I'd review it and be like, wait, did we miss something here? I'll put pink um, because it captures Brittany. Like Brittany is pink. Like everything, it, look at her background right now in her house. Like <laughs> everything she does includes pink somewhere, somehow. Um, Dude, that's that. some... Thick. that's some real like alfred hitchcock stuff there you know that's exactly yeah <laughs> that's exactly what we're doing the film cover i mean that took me out of my comfort zone making you know working umpteen million hours on this and then brand almost branding it as like a pink film cover it's probably has not been done in trail running film ever i mean honestly maybe once or twice, but uh, it was worth it because it, it, that is Brittany. Like that is her story. So I, a lot of times making this was like, yeah, this is how like I typically think about it, but this isn't telling Brittany's story. And I'm really, when you break me down, most fundamentally a storyteller. Um, so yeah, that cover I mean, at first we cheaped out trying to like make our own film cover and then it turned into something kind of cool because yeah, once, once we had the um, pink kind of decided on and agreed on, I think it adds like this uniqueness. Like you look through all the, the indie films that are in all these film festivals and they all have these dark kind of like 
cool LA New York style yeah. to him. And I'm like, that's not me. I don't care. I don't, I don't care if that's like the typical cover. Like, yeah, exactly. That's, that's not Britney. That's so cool. Yeah. I have to ask about one more thing, Brittany. Um, you, you are, you kind of have this wonderful obsession with us history and presidents and things like that. And you did this run this summer where you traveled across the country, including Iowa. Woo woo. Uh, yeah. So, and you stopped at all these places and you did runs and they're all connected to presidents. I have to ask like, what, what, where did that come from? And I also, oh, I guess, let me say this too. This is the most important, significant thing that happened over the last year since I've talked to you. I watched Hamilton. That's what happened. I can't even. So good. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and my, my daughter, one, can do the whole entire like first act at least. But I became obsessed. Like, I'm not even joking. I read the book. It's like this thick. Uh, oh. I have the Washington. And then I read the Washington book, which is up there. Oh, and I just... It- I went all in. I went all in. And I think part of it that inspired me because I don't define myself as really ambitious necessarily, but I realized like, oh, there is, if you can somewhat, you know, hold back the 100% ambition that could get you into trouble like Hamilton uh, and you hold it back a little bit, like ambition and being ambitious really isn't a bad thing. It actually like drives you forward. So anyways, I had to tell you that. I love that. Yeah. And Hamilton, I I, honestly, from an artistic perspective that, that changed that on it, I will, I'll go as cliche as it changed my life. That was, I just have never been so inspired. And that was my theme music throughout the entire summer on trail. Like I wish my, um, I need to go to Rob's film school because I wish my film on the um, four pass loop would have had sound because I was rapping to satisfied going into the last pass because that was helping keep me like calm. Um, but no, I loved it. And I think it yeah, tied in perfectly with my love of presidential history, specifically U.S. presidential history. For some reason, I just really connect with it. I think I've had this weird thing because I've loved picking up pennies since I was little so Abe has always been my favorite president. And then over the years, I've just started to learn more. I learned last year in um, quarantine, I finally learned all the presidents in order and can tell you fun facts about every single president. Um, I have books about them. I don't know where this comes from. So then when we decided to go east for a road trip this year, um, I was because I was riding high. I'll, I'll be honest. I was being a little bit cocky because I was like, I just crushed all these FKTs. I can go do the presidential traverse. No problem. <laughs> but my got my ass handed to me on that. Um, but on the way out, because we were like, well, we don't want it to be because it was my coach, her husband and my husband. On the way out, we didn't want it to be just about trying to go get the FKT out there. We really wanted to make the most of this two weeks that we were going to be traveling cross country. So we stopped along the way in all of these different places running at different presidential places. So we stopped at various presidential libraries and ran. We went to all the, we tried to cross off every president on the trip somehow. And by the very last day, as we were coming back into Colorado, two weeks, two weeks in, we still hadn't found anything with Nixon or Buchanan. So we found this really gross um, little tiny piece of 
fruit or it was like a, it was like a tiny pumpkin or something on the side of the road during a run. And so my husband drew um, Buchanan on one side and Nixon on the other. And so we put it on the dashboard. Um, but it's just been fun. I just like my next, my next goal is to try to learn all the first ladies and just, I don't know, it just keeps it fun. It's random, but I just really enjoy presidential history. So just kind of being okay, having something that I'm okay with having no purpose other than it just brings me joy, um, has been really cool. Yeah. Um, just to put you on the spot, what's like the weirdest presidential fact just on the top of your head? You um, have one? Oh, look, she's ready. I love it. Yeah. Um, I have, well, I have lots. I'll tell you my top three. <clears throat> oh, okay. So, um, on our trip, we learned the last president to have facial hair was, um, William Howard Taft and every president since then has not had facial hair. Dude, beards are so popular these days. I know, but not on president. He got stuck in a bathtub too, so like. He did not, actually. His hair got stuck. Oh, that's stuck with me since like third grade. Yeah, so fun fact is that it didn't actually happen. He didn't actually get stuck in the bathtub, but he was our fattest president. Um, And then another fun fact is, so there's this thing called a memory palace. This could be going down a real big rabbit hole. You can edit this out, Chris, if you want. There's this thing called this memory palace. I learned about the world memory championships. And so the way that they memorize things is they put things in what's called a memory palace. Heard of this. And so you put people in order as you are like walking through your house in your head, very absurd things. So every president in my, in our old apartment is doing very absurd things in my house. So I know, so I put fun facts with them. So for example, in, when you walk into our bedroom on just inside of the bed, is Millard Fillmore and he's reading a book because he was the first president to have um, the library in the White House. And then on my side is Franklin Pierce and he's hanging earrings on a Christmas tree because he was the first president to have a Christmas tree in the White House. That's amazing. And that just makes me so joyful. Just even know that your house and your imagination has all the presidents doing weird stuff. Yeah, it's really fun. This, um, this is a perfect example, though, of like how Brittany does things. Like she is original and unique, and it applies to how she trains now. Like she loves this stuff, and she can get herself so psyched up for a week long training cycle, like mini training cycle, like based on one of these type of topics. And it's like, it's unbelievable. There's, there's truly, I don't think there's anyone in the world that is this sincerely like interested in history and, and topics, but then can apply it and make herself a better athlete. I mean, it's, it's really phenomenal. Thanks. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying about you forging your own path. Like, because, you know, um, seeking out like what your own truth is that, that will not only just bring you success. Like obviously it has, I think people are scared. It will not bring them success, which is weird to me. Cause I'm like, you're the only person like you on the whole entire planet. Like, of course it'll bring you success. Well, it is, but it's scary. Like this took me a long time to try to embrace, to be honest, because I, when I was trying to do things the other way and it wasn't working or I was just not happy, then trusting, like I'm going to, I'm going to start bringing presidents on runs or I'm going to start like dressing in costumes or all these things like was really kind of scary because it was like, well, no one else is doing it. Am I, is this, A, is this going to work? And B, is this 
going to be accepted? I don't know. Or is this just going to be some weird, is it going to throw me off the map because it's just so out there. And so really having to just kind of go with blind trust on it and blind trust with myself. And of course with my coach, that was really scary. But now that it is, yeah, well, helping me improve as an athlete, but also just my level of happiness and creativity is I'm so grateful for it that it's, you know, it has worked out. And I just, hopefully like our whole point of this film too, is to encourage other people, like whatever is your presidential history, whatever is your weird goals that you want, do them and do them full throttle and it will pay off, especially if your measure of success is your own happiness as it should be, because then it is contagious for other people too. Yeah. I love that. I think that's probably the perfect place to wrap it. So, um, where can we, so I'm going to release this in a few weeks, hopefully to time up somewhat of when you guys release it. Um, and I know some of that is still up in the air, Rob, but, uh, where could people possibly find it? And if you don't know right now, that's okay. I'll just put it in the intro or outro. No, I mean, we've, we've agreed. We're going to give, um, my Patreon supporters a early, like a week early, um, type view and that's and training for ultra on patreon yes right, yeah perfect. and and Brittany and i are going to do a zoom call with those supporters like before we're going to show the film and then do an after that's so um, cool so if if you want to meet her and get a quick question in i don't know how many people will you know be be able to be on that call but we thought that would be fun it's also just a good way to you know thank those that are really helping make a lot of the film possible. Um, but then I think we're going to roll out on YouTube and just go global, go big and try to make this story resonate with as many people as possible. We could easily charge a few bucks for it. And, you know, we, we were carefully considering that as an option on Amazon, but I, I think the best course for this is to truly inspire people with it. Cause it is uh, it's an awesome story. So yeah. will we probably not make as much money as possible? Yeah, probably not. But um, that's not the goal. The goal is to to truly fundamentally, you know, I want to get feedback from those, I don't know, the, the 12-year-old girl that doesn't believe in herself because she loves acting and everyone thinks she's the funny one. Well, here's a film that hopefully will inspire some of the younger audience and, and some of the eclectic runners out there that are embarrassed. So that's yeah. the goal. I love it, yeah. man. Where, where can people kind of like follow along your guys' journey? I'm training for ultra on, on pretty much everything. He's, it, he's Instagram. always training for ultra. <laughs> always <laughs> training. Um, and I'm funny runner 26.2. And then my website is the funny And then we also have a film website, funny that will have updates as well. So kind of, kind of various places, but we'll definitely be keeping everybody posted certainly over the next month as we gear up to launch this bad boy out there. Perfect. April 16th. Yeah. April yeah. 16th. Sweet. Yeah. All right. Cool, man. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on the show. It's an honor. Uh, I really appreciate it. We should all run. Rob and I can just try to keep up for like a minute or two, and then we'll just run together chatting while you sprint. That's, That's about all I can do, man. <laughs> I'm only in costume. I'll only do it if we're all in costume. Oh, I'm in. <laughs> I'm totally in. That sounds cool. Perfect. All right, guys. Thanks for coming on. Yes. Thanks. Bye.
All right, that wraps up this week's Like a Bigfoot podcast. Huge thanks to Rob Steger. Huge thanks to Brittany Charbonneau. You guys are awesome. Um, super fun conversation there. Uh, make sure you guys check out The Funny Runner. Um, April 10th is the early sneak peek on the Training for Ultra Patreon. And then the release date is going to be April 16th on YouTube. Um, I'll be sharing all of that on all of our stuff and whatnot. Um, I think, though, that it obviously, if you've listened to the whole conversation, you know I really enjoyed it. Uh, and that's truthful. That's not just because I'm talking with them. I was super excited to watch it for the last couple months, ever since Rob kind of announced that he was doing that or let me know that he was going to film Brittany um, as she is jumping full speed like Sonic the Hedgehog into the trail running uh, environment, trail running community. She is awesome. Like, I, I'm pretty sure I could keep up with her for like 10 seconds. So I don't know what that says. Does that mean I'm really fast for 10 seconds? Yes, it does. It does. But does it mean she's way faster for much longer? Yes, it also means that. <laughs> um I really am inspired by Rob too. I like I, I said in the intro, um, <clears throat> he did this whole. I'm pretty sure the first time I heard about Rob, I was just on YouTube looking up like Moab 240, and he had a whole like video diary of his first race at Moab 240, and he was talking about like hallucinating snakes and stuff, and I was like, what? What is this? Um, but to watch from there to watch the Triple Crown of 200s uh, Amazon series, which was awesome, uh, super entertaining. And, you know, I, we've talked about that in the past. We talked about his experience running those. Um, and then to watch this, you're like, man, he's it's cool because you can see how he keeps adding in more and more skills. And ultimately, like he's going to have a whole bunch of opportunities uh as an adventure filmmaker because of this film, um, which I'm so excited for him. That's, that's super cool. Well-deserved. Um, he's obviously very passionate about it, um, which is huge. I mean, that's why ultimately we do anything hopefully is based off of our passion. So, um, so yeah, check that out though. We'll make, we'll make sure to, I'll make sure to lead you guys in the right direction so you guys can find that. Um, but also, you know, recently I've been, I've dealt with this calf injury for a couple months, which wasn't any fun, <laughs> but it allowed me to just do a change of pace and kind of like really kind of try to think about like, what does running mean to me? Because it's something I'm really passionate about, obviously. Um, but more importantly, what does exploring new areas on foot mean to me? And it just means so much. It's the way I relax. It's the way I find peace and quiet. It kind of, I was listening to this song. This is going to go on a weird tangent for a second. So buckle up. Um, there, There's this band called JJ Gray and Mofro. Uh, and they have a song called Lock Lusa. And, I, you know, if you listen to the actual song, you don't get this. But if you listen to the live version, which is what, Amazon plays for me. Uh, there's this big intro speech, right? And he gives this amazing speech. And I don't want to, I don't, I can't do it justice. You should just listen to it. But basically it's about this place in Florida 
that he goes and it's in the outdoors, it's in the wilderness, and he goes there to kind of like find his peace of mind again. And he talks about why he wrote the song and like what this area means to him. And he says something like, people basically tell him like, hey, you just go there to escape from reality. And he's like, listen here, I actually go there to find reality, right? And I just, that's what the mountains mean to me. That's what the desert means to me. That's what the forest, anywhere in the outdoors, when you find a little bit of solitude or you're sharing the trail with some someone that you care about, um, you know, for me, my wife, my kids, uh, I just went to Moab with my dad. Like, there's just something about being out there, being out in it, in reality, off of your computer, off of your phone. You're just out there and you're just taking it in. And you realize just how big of a world this is. And it's just all encompassing. It's amazing. I love that feeling so much. And for me to bring it back to the joy of running, trail running gives me the opportunity to get out there, you know, to get away from the crowds, to get way out into nature and find some solitude. And I don't know if I've been overwhelmed recently or something, but we went on a little mini, you know, uh, trip to Buena Vista and then Moab. And as I was driving away from, you know, my house and all the responsibilities that I have, you know, that comes from regular life, I just was like, I took the, like I took a breath and I just was thinking like, man, like regular life almost seems crazy right now. Like there's just so much contact with people. There's so much screen time. Like that doesn't seem like reality to me. Reality seems like getting out on the trail, you know, getting covered in dirt, getting exhausted, being mildly scared that a mountain lion is looking at you, um, hopping over rocks, you know, getting hit in the face by a branch every once in a while. Cause you're dumb enough not to duck when a branch is in front of you. Um, seeing the sunrise, like exploring new parts, jumping into waterfalls, which if you're on a trail run, it doesn't matter if it's like 50 degrees and there's a waterfall and you've never been there. You got to jump in that. Like you just got it. It's a rule. That's I'm making it a rule right now. Um, and that just, for whatever reason, like just brought me back to like, the reality, you know, I, we, we've had so much screen time this year. I, I mean, me personally, I guess I'm just talking about myself. I've had so much screen time. It's constant emails, constant communication with people, which I love. I love talking to people, obviously. Um, but at a certain point, you know, you need to just get back to, to nature. Um, and even if it's for like an hour, if that's your run every day and you're like, Hey, I'm just going to go out in the woods for an hour run it's gonna bring you so much peace of mind it really really is uh it'll you know i always hear about like meditation and stuff and i don't really 
I, I've tried. I've done it for a couple months, and it was actually really helpful at the time, but where you sit down and meditate for 15 minutes or whatever, 30 minutes or whatever it was. Um, and that was helpful for sure, but I think I get almost the same benefit by going on a trail run and like not turning music on, not turning podcasts on, just listening to myself breathe and like really kind of letting thoughts go and things like that. Um, and that's why I love it. And I think that's the most important thing. Um, you know, and we can talk about like, you know, obviously Brittany runs really fast and she has a training plan and stuff like that, but she also adds all these other things in to just a reminder of the fun of it. And I think that's, that's kind of what, what we need to focus on uh, a little bit more, especially as we get so embraced in technology all the time. Maybe running can be your moment of of a break from it. That being said, I always bring my phone and take pictures. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> oh, one last thing. I have to mention this. And if you're listening this long, this is either your reward or your punishment for listening this long. But dude, this summer when they put Hamilton on Disney+, Plus. And I watched it. I was instantly hooked. Instantly. My mind was blown. I was like, one, I didn't know any of this stuff. Like, I went to history class. I went to, you know, I did social studies and stuff. I didn't know. I never really was like, I wonder exactly how this worked back in the day and blah, blah, blah. Like, you obviously know the founding fathers, but I never, like, did a deep dive into them at all. So, from that aspect, blown away. From the art side of it, blown away. I was like, whoa, he took this book that's like 800 pages of just pure information, like nonstop, just throwing names at you, throwing places, throwing ideas, throwing concepts that I never had even heard of. And Lin-Manuel Miranda was able to make that into a two and a half hour play that like not only makes sense, but teaches you some of the history, but then also like is just a very human, like it dives into some really super common human concepts uh, like ambition and striving for more and things like that. And I'm just like, whoa, like how did he do this? The guy's a genius. Um, but I will say like we watched it my kids have watched it a billion times. They've listened to the soundtrack a billion times. I've listened to the soundtrack a billion times. Um, it's so incredible. I I think the thing that I'm I kind of not connected to, but that really kind of opened my eyes up was just this idea of ambition. I know I've talked about it on the podcast over the last couple months, and it was all based on Hamilton. I just didn't say that. <laughs> um, but the idea of ambition is like, you have to be ambitious to accomplish anything, obviously, right? You have to set a goal and you have to grind day after day and work hard and work hard and keep working harder um, to accomplish that goal. Like you just got to do it. But there does become a point, and I think it kind of dives into this, where ambition can become a fault, where someone who is so ambitious that it actually works against them. So it's this weird balance 
of like how can you exist in this world as an ambitious person but also be content and be satisfied uh with certain aspects of your life and that's a hard balance it's hard for me it's really hard for me i want to i want to do things you know i want to see the world i want to have experiences um that i can draw from but at the same time i want to be there for the people who i love and be able to find that peace of mind um which i think is is this interesting balance and this interesting dynamic that they like obviously explore in it uh i also i read the hamilton book i read the washington book pulitzer prize winning washington book no big deal sometimes i read smart stuff um <laughs> and that one too i'm like wow like i obviously you know who george i didn't know who hamilton was i'm gonna be honest like i mean i'd heard of him i actually went to his house when i visited my cousin ben my cousin ben lives in uh harlem and he's like yeah hamilton's house is like right around the corner i'm like cool dude i'd looked at my cousin matt i'm like hey let's go to hamilton's house and my cousin matt's like who's he i'm like i don't know he's on one of the dollars i think and we went to his house for like five minutes and we're like this is cool yeah yeah he got obviously like is on the ten dollars he died in a duel sweet that's all we knew um but even the washington book i'm reading that i'm like wow i never like thought about the character of the guy and the book doesn't present him as a flawless human being because no one's flawless even george washington even like you know people you look up to uh and it presents him as and i and then i heard a podcast about this too um where it almost presents him as a humble narcissist that was what the podcast was about right which i was like whoa that's weird and interesting like basically the idea was you have to believe in yourself enough to think that you can actually make a difference as a leader um which he did and you know he basically was the thing that kept this country together in this like days of its early you know whatever like existence <laughs> uh but at the same time this podcast that was talking about leadership and humble narcissists was talking about you have to also have humility enough to admit when you have made mistakes so you can learn from them and to be able to put your ego aside and learn from other people as well and include other people's ideas and and i just thought that was so fascinating uh the book's great it's by ron Chernow. Chernow, one of those words i can read a pulitzer prize winning book but i can't say the author's name so i don't know what that says about me and my intelligence but uh but it says something um oh and then also just like adventure standpoint like if you read the early days of when he'd go out into uh like into the frontiers lands lands and stuff um on you know missions when he worked for like the british army or whatever uh that dude went on some adventures man he survived some weird really like crazy stuff out into in the wild um you know, like falling into frozen lakes and having to survive through the night and, and all sorts of stuff. So um, there's an adventure 
aspect to that book at the very beginning that I thought was really interesting. And then obviously eventually it kind of pivots into leadership and, you know, and kind of into some character study. Uh, Like I said, it doesn't present him as flawless. There's obviously a lot of flaws that he had um, and it kind of dives into those. So uh, I would highly recommend that book. That was super good. That was a random tangent, but I was like, you know what? I talked to Brittany. She was the first person to tell me about Hamilton. I know she loves the presidents and geeking out about history. So I'm going to add this on at the outro and maybe two people will listen to it and it'll be awesome. Uh, All right, guys, Um, that's it. Oh, just so you know, uh, heads up in a few weeks, I will be sharing a big project. I have been striving towards and working on. Um, So excited to talk about it with you guys. Um, It's going to be awesome. Way outside my comfort zone. I keep saying that, but I'm like, am I just like, I'm trying to downplay it maybe, but I'm like, I'm so excited for it. And I do know that I'm going to be able to pull it off, but it, (laughs) it is something I've never done before, but I've surrounded myself with with really good people, um, you know, which is, which is awesome. So anywho, uh, we'll get back to you guys about that in a few weeks. Check out the funny runner, go to Rob's Patreon training for ultra, get an early sneak peek. You don't want to miss it. It is awesome. It is a great film. I watched it twice already and I'm planning on watching it a few more times many more times maybe if i ever get in one of those funks where running isn't fun and i'm way too serious about it which i never will i'm never super serious about it but if i ever do then i will definitely turn on the funny runner and just absorb that pure joy that britney brings to the sport so all right guys uh we'll get back at you next week